Welcome to the OKC Underground podcast. I am your host, Greg Horton. Twice a month, we're going to bring you the best of Oklahoma City food and booze, as well as news about the industry and other things you need to know to fully enjoy what has become, in every sense of the word, an amazing food city. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the OKC Underground podcast. I'm your host, Greg Horton. Every week, we bring you what is best about the Oklahoma City food and beverage scene, as well as events and interviews with interesting people. And our super interesting person this morning is Chef Brian Wilson, spelled, I think, just like the Beach Boys guy. Yeah, just like the Beach Boys. Well, no, I don't know. I think he might spell his with an I. I think with an mine's I. with a Y. Were you friends with Charles Manson? Uh, we kind of grew up early, you know. <laughs> but, you know, of course, we went, we went separate ways. We went our separate ways. <laughs> that was probably a wise choice. So, uh, Brian and I met when he was at Magnolia Bistro, rest in peace. Correct. Uh, down on 7th Street. Yep, 7th and Broadway. 7th and Broadway. And honestly went in there just about every week, maybe twice a week, to see what his daily features were. And now he is at Flycatcher Club working with Riley Marshall. Yes, sir. Uh, and also doing a little bit of work at Scrambled, the new East Side con- uh, brunch concept that we'll talk about in the second half. But we'll come back to that. First, I wanted you to get to know Brian because genuinely one of those guys, not a household name yet, but will be at some point. Always been impressed by his cooking, and I really want y'all to get to know him as a person because his story is pretty awesome, too. So we'll start with you grew up in Oklahoma City? Oklahoma City. Came, uh, grew up, a lot of my family's out of Spencer. Uh, grew up on the north side in my early ages and kind of bounced around, kind of lived everywhere from north side to Spencer to Midwest City to Bethany. I've kind of, we've, we've been everywhere around How, how big is the family? Uh, it's, it's, uh, I have two, an bro- older brother and an older sister. Of course, I have... 11 nieces and nephews and then of okay. course my mother and then my pops which he passed a couple he passed, of, uh, he passed a couple years ago but uh yeah that's about us right here now. where's your mom now she's in Midway city right okay. now retired and just enjoying that life where'd she retire from uh, she retired from about three hospitals from baptist midwest city and a couple of others that i maybe cannot name healthcare right healthcare administration what was uh, she, she was a phlebotomist oh nice yes she was okay yes she was loved her job so did you go to midwest city high school were you a bomber i did not make it there uh Kind of bounced around as far as high school, went to John Marshall, Star Spencer, Putnam okay. City. I, I was everywhere. Okay. I was everywhere. A little rough, a little rough neck then. Okay, so let's yeah, let's talk about that. You had before you came to food, you had an interesting uh, vocation or two. Uh, very, very. Is that fair? Uh, that's fair. Very. You want to you want to sort of tell? People I mean, what? of course. Uh, well, you know, for a long time, uh, I kind of lived a little on the on the rough side, if you would say, <laughs> out there in the streets, you know. <laughs> I figured I'd be a street entrepreneur. A street entrepreneur. Yeah, That's no. the best way to put that. Yeah, you know, I guess I had dreams of being Tony Montana one day. Oh, but, uh, except for the gunfire and dying. Right, yeah. right. But, yeah. of course, you know, most in most cases, those dreams never come true, <laughs> you know. But, uh, yeah, I did that. Uh, kind of grew up like that as a young lad uh, until I got older. Uh, eventually, had to start making different choices in my life. How old do you think? Uh, I was around 35, to say. About 35 years old before life kind of really woke me up. I thought you were like in your late 20s already. I mean, if that's what you want to say, I'll take that. I'll <laughs> take that, brother. I'll take that. I would not deny that. So talk to me a little bit about uh, Off the Hook and how that sort of changed the trajectory of your life, so to speak. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Uh, yeah, my good friend, which is, uh, I kind of call him, I do call him a mentor and like one of my idols as far as his food, uh, Corey uh, Harris over at Off the Hook to start that, him and uh, Lanisha. Uh, good people. Um, it's a crazy story. I kind of watched that man start uh, when I used to buy plates from him out the house, when he was selling food out the house. 
Uh, then they eventually got a, a little food trailer. Got out here and uh, man, he was he was making a difference. I mean, the man loved cooking it's still to this day. You know, the man's very creative. He loves play. The man's a beast with those flavors. And uh, man, we kind of played around. I kind of messed with him back then. And uh, I was like, yeah, man, I'm gonna come work for you one day. We laughed about it. And uh, one day uh, I was out doing my thing, you know, trying to be Tony Montana. And uh, something just came across me, man, and said, hey, man, uh, it's time to do something different. And within that same day, uh, I believe that day or the day after, I called him and said, hey, man, I'm come work for you. And this is uh, right pri uh, prior to them opening up their brick and mortar off uh, uh, Britain Road. Okay. And then it went from there. So you still had the truck at that time? Yeah, yeah, he still had a bit of us. I remember when we first talked about this, this may have been back in the Magnolia days, but you said that, you know, you were there one night and he was working and he was making pretty good money. Oh, yeah. First uh, idea that you had that that was a possibility. You're right. Uh, matter of fact, yeah, I was in uh, his food trailer with him. He uh, asked me to ride with him one day and uh, we went and parked over in front of OU Medical. And I mean, the man made money like, you know, selling, like he was selling dope like I was. But, you know, <laughs> so I was like, well, hey, if I can do this and not have to worry about the police. <laughs> yeah, that's even better. I mean, that's even better. You, you know, the health department enabled, but other than that. Right, yeah. right. You know, and, uh, but that right there definitely opened my eyes up. But just seeing the passion that he had and, and as far as what he wanted to do and how his plan and the plan they put together and up to this day succeeded in. I mean, I, I believe they're eight years in now. Okay. You know, coming up on our 10th anniversary here in a couple of, a couple of years. It's been a beautiful thing. And that uh, I think that weighed a lot on me as far as uh, going this way too. And uh, I started working for him. Uh, we talked about it. He, he felt like if I was going to take it seriously, go to culinary school. So I did that. I went and enrolled in Platt College. Yeah. Knocked that out in a year and a half, and uh, I just been on a on a how they say it, been running ever since. Who was your instructor at Platt back then? Uh, I had Chef Ferris, okay. uh, Chef Pat, which is a very knowledgeable man. He's crazy as hell. I tell no, you that. I, yeah, I know Patrick. He's yeah. yeah, very knowledgeable man. You know what I mean? Uh, but the guy who stuck me the most was uh, Chef Cochran. He okay. was old school, okay. and he was he did not play about nothing. You do, know? Do you like your choice that you made going this direction? I do. Yeah. I do. I do. Uh, Honestly, when I did, when I took it, it, it came to me like this was supposed to do, but then I kind of had to, uh, it grew on me more and more the more I got into it because even before I came over to this side of the world, because I yeah. like to treat the others as a fantasy world, like I would say now, um, I had to learn how to take things, take things more seriously okay. and uh, have more and have more passion and, and make sure that it was something that I was doing that I had a passion for and ever since then, like I say, I've just been beating down the streets and knocking doors down and trying to get somewhere. How did you end up? So Magnolia, for the for listeners, Magnolia was the second concept that came out of Riel's Bistro, yep. uh, which is, I think, are they far enough east to be Midwest City? They were at the time. They were at the time, right, because yeah. just, just past Spencer uh, on 23rd yep. there. So how did you meet uh, Kaylee and uh, it, it was crazy. Honestly, uh, a good guy I know, Apollo Woods, because uh, at this time I was working at uh, Nebu at the bottom of the Devon uh, building. And uh, me and him had built a report, and he was doing a lot of looking out for uh, young black chefs. And he called me up one day and said, hey, man, I have an opportunity for you. You know, At that time, I didn't know if I was ready, but I knew how for the fact of me coming in so late in life and doing this that I have to keep pushing the line. Yeah. And, and with that, that means risk. I'm going to have to take these risks. And so I felt like I was ready to take that risk. And I uh, hopped out there, went on an interview, and uh, they let me in the door. And, man, it was a beautiful thing. And, I, and I'm forever grateful for them right there because they, uh, they, did, they did a lot for me. They did a lot for me. You know? So did you cook growing up, like cook for your siblings or anything like I that? I cooked dope. 
you know. <laughs> no, but like food was never your thing, though. You didn't. No, like, not at all. You know, because you talk to all. chefs, they're like, "Oh, my grandma raised me in the kitchen." There's always these stories. Now, now grandma, yeah. Now, grandma, I mean, I watched her cooking. I ate her cooking, but as far as being in the kitchen, that that wasn't my. Th- I was always the eater. So I've always been a foodie. I was a foodie before I was anything else. Because yeah. uh, even before I started cooking, I mean, I was always the type that I would travel for good food and things like that. Uh, you know, I could get up and like just get up and just find a place to go eat, whether it was here or out of state, and just go. You still do that. I, see I still on, do that. On Facebook, if, still you, do that. if you follow Ryan. Are you, are you red on Facebook? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for now. I ain't no telling what no, I'll be what in two weeks, Yeah, though. but right now he's uh, Red Wilson, <laughs> Chef Red. Uh, and if you follow him, you, every once in a while he'll just, first of all, he's going to give you life advice that you desperately need. Right on. Such a, how to make a woman happy, that kind of that's stuff. Right, that's right. Always from a very sincere perspective. Yeah, I'm a loving guy. What can always I say? sincere. And then uh, he's also going to tell you that he's he needs a place to eat. He needs a recommendation. Please. And he will go do it, and then he'll give you a report. So I do like people who... You know, I talked to a guy today who's well known in the city, a uh, restaurant guy, and okay. he's he didn't know where Cafe do Brazil is, the building. Mm. It's like he's like I never I'm never down in Midtown. I'm like who doesn't go to Midtown? Right, right. But that's I mean it's it's a thing. So someone who travels and sort of explores the the, the metro, I, I love that. And I have called Brian a couple of times and said, hey, what's good on the east side for breakfast or for wings or whatever else? And so we're going to talk about that here in a second because right. I do want to get your input on that because you are kind of an adventurous eater. Oh, most definitely. You'll try most to spit definitely. anything. Yeah, most definitely. So most definitely. what are we missing on the east side? Now, here's what I know. I know Geronimo. Right. I know Caracan Flavors. Right. I know Polk House. Right. I know Florence's. Right. I know east side pizza. Right. Kindred Spirits. And soon to be scrambled. Yeah. What am I missing? Right now, you kind of got a kind of got them all in there. It was a few others that was kind of there back in the day, like Stales. She That was, that was like heavy. Yeah, that was some great food, but... When she passed, they end up closing down. But uh, as far as right now, then you have ice over there. You know, they have some, they have a pretty decent brunch over so there. So much that they have good fried fish over there, too. They do. They do. They okay. do. They do. But as far as that, yeah, you pretty much covered it all. And then you can't forget the Prince Hall store, the pork shop. Yeah, see, that's the one I haven't tried yet. Yeah. Tell, tell me the name of that place again. Uh, we just call it the Prince Hall store. That's what we call it. That's, I don't, if it has any other name, I wouldn't know. We've been called the Prince Hall store all our lives. That's all we know. Well, that's fair. Yeah. So, um, but, but Midwest City, though, you know that area a little bit better than I do. What's, yeah. what's going on over there? Anything worth well, driving for? Uh, Midwest City, well, Midwest City is more, it's more changed than anything out there. So, like, right now, I mean, I think Midwest City needs a little love out there. Okay. Uh, they do have a restaurant, a uh, Season Cafe, which I've, I've got their br- uh, breakfast a few times. Yeah. But, yeah, as far as out there, yeah, they this majority so many chains out there. It's a few Mediterranean spots, but, yeah, it's really not too many. I need to give some love to Midwest City. Okay. In my opinion. No, I, I totally get that. Uh, so we're going to pause right there. Okay, that's going to be a break. Go ahead. No. T- tell me. No, I was going to say, oh, I forgot Big O's is out there. Okay, I'll that's yeah. really then. So I had a thought and it went away. All right, Steven's starting over right now. Then, you know, you have uh, Big O's that's out there as well. They got some good old barbecue. Did he move from? No, I think he has two locations. Oh, he has two locations? Yeah, he has two locations now. So I had lunch with Travis Clark today, so let's talk about your favorite barbecue in town. Favorite barbecue. You like Big O's? You like like George's? I like Big O's. We forgot George's Happy Hog on the east side. Yeah, I love George's. But uh, Joe Bob, man, I don't know what he does with it. I don't know if he talks to it, sings to it at night. I don't know. I don't know, but it's it's. I've never had it's. I've never had a complaint. The consistency is 
great every time. Same thing. Yeah, you know, time. I hate Yelp reviews and all of that and all those sort of online things. But I remember telling someone about Joe Bob's and they looked at it like, that's a 4.8 on barbecue because it should be a five. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. That dude, the, both the couple, they're legit. That's a great story, too, by the way. They're friends with Travis Clark. Okay. And when COVID hit, he was in, I think, Jackson Hole. Uh, and of course, Resort City all shut down. Right. And so he called Travis and said, Can I come work for you? And Travis said, Or you can make barbecue on the West Side. And that's what he's been doing ever since. And it is legit if you haven't had it. Yeah, it's a beautiful beautiful love story with that food. (laughs) Uh, I I don't mind spending all my money with that man. Yeah, that's and and to talk to his wife. I believe that's his wife that's out there with him. And she's so sweet. Yeah, she is. That's right. Uh, They are a fantastic couple. Yeah, that. So where else do you go? It's for uh, George's, of course. Uh, Of course, I check out Clark's. Um, Right there, probably about to be my top three. Then I have a couple of friends that cook at the house that just kind of compete with a lot of people around here as well. So, you know, but uh, those those are going to be my top three right there as far as the barbecue going on around here. Right. Yeah, George's, okay. old Joe Bob's, but Joe Bob's, I can talk about that all day. All right, so near and dear to your heart is uh, Cajun Creole because that's where you, that's where right. I met you. Where you. Where do you go for that? Off the hook? Off the hook. My house. <laughs> <laughs> Brielle's, uh, Brielle's Bistro, of course, of course, yeah. they, you know they. That's that's where I got it from. They're out of Meridian now, right? Yeah. Most definitely, most definitely. The yeah. yeah, most definitely. Of course, they have that good old Cajun Creole going on out there. But yeah, and then my house. Okay, have you tried Raging Cajun in Brick? Oh yeah, you know what? What am I thinking? That woman is a special. She, yeah, I love. Her. She's crazy, but I love. The, <laughs> I love it. I love her though. I love her though because I love her past. I'm just glad she left UConn to come to Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah most definitely, most definitely. Yeah, she has. She has a, a unbelievable passion for what she does, and yeah. I, and I and I can definitely appreciate that. She is a machine. I yes. interviewed her a couple a couple of months ago. Yeah. And then of course we went for lunch to, to check things. I was just gonna have a couple of dishes and right talk to her. She brought out two thirds of the menu. Yeah. And every bit of it was delicious. Yeah. You know what? Uh, some of the best grits around, I can say that. Yeah. You know, some of the, and she know the first time I went out there, because actually me and Corey from uh, Off the Hook, we went out there the first time and uh, I had those grits and fell in love. Yeah. I, I, it was it was another, like I said, another beautiful love story. I do want to see her and Travis Clark face off in a, in a cornbread contest. Yeah. Because those two, both of those cornbreads are just magical. Like, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. And like you say, man, she's a hustler. Yeah. I, th- I think right now she's opening like 16 more uh, Well, she's got something. She's from Muscle Shoals, Alabama, and mm-hmm. I think she was opening something down in Alabama, yeah. Mississippi. She was opening something in Mississippi recently. So, okay, that's good. Um, we're going to take a break real quick, and then we're going to come back, and we'll start talking about Flycatcher and Scrambled. Right on. So right now we're going to let everybody hear from the lunatic people at George's Liquor. Ooh-wee. We're doing good because I, I, I started it late, so... Steven, I left a little room there for an ad. I'm going to get that from Mickey or um, Cody, and we'll work that in. If I need to, I can just come back and cut in a, a voice piece. I don't know if I, Cody wanted to do something uh, with Mickey's creepy genius behind it, so we'll see how that goes. But I'll have something for you by the end of the week, and we're starting part two now. So you are consulting. I guess consulting is the right word. Eastside doesn't really have a brunch spot, right. and they're about to. So Cordell Love uh, is working with a couple of different people, including JB. And I think he just kind of asked you to, because he, he loved your food back in the Magnolia right. days too, so he's smart for sure. We get that. Uh, 
and so what are you doing exactly? Just kind of putting the menu together for him? I yeah, most definitely. Uh, right now, I'm uh, helping put the menu together, uh, create the recipes, and, uh, just, and just get everybody in this kitchen uh, trained up to, to be ready to put out some of this good old food we're going to have for the east side and the city. So is there going to be a little bit of Soul Southern involved, or is it straightforward brunch, or what's the plan there? It's going to be a, a, little bit of, a little bit of all that and a lot of love. Okay. A little bit of soul in there, of course, you know what I mean? A little bit of brunch, a little bit of breakfast. Um, and then, you know, a lot of, like I said, just a lot of loving food, flavorful, that's going to fill the bellies. So tell me what you got on there. Uh, well, we're going to have a uh, jerk lamb going there. We're going to have, uh, of course, uh, Cordell. He told me to say this Cordell's strip and, uh, strip and grits. We named him after him. We named him after him. You <laughs> hey, know. When the jerk lamb, though, you did say that it's Caribbean jerk. Caribbean, Because yeah, you didn't want someone from Trinidad or Jamaica yelling at you because right. you got the, the blend wrong. Yeah, I don't want to get beat up by nobody. <laughs> I don't want no problems with anyone. So how's the heat level on that lamb? Uh, it's, it's it's perfect, I believe. Uh, it's, okay. it's it's enough where to dance on your tongue, but it won't make you go crazy. So, but but if you think that the salsa at Ted's is hot, you probably are gonna be scared of it. Nah, you should take a dare to take a risk. Okay, <laughs> dare to oh, take okay. a risk. Okay, so the lamb, so those those coming in chops, right? Yep. Yes, sir. With eggs, or how you doing that? Uh, we, we're gonna do those. Uh, we're gonna do them two ways. We're gonna uh, pan sear them, or we're gonna deep fry. Okay. So we're gonna give you that option right there. Oh, nice. We're okay. We're gonna give you that so option right burners. there. Burgers, uh, yeah, we're doing we're doing a nice, flavorful, simple burger. Uh, it got a lot of love in it. That's all I'm gonna tell you. It got a lot is that of the love. Luther Burger you're talking about? No, uh, you know what? Yeah, that no, yeah, no, this is not the Luther Burger. This okay. is gonna be the one of the mainstays. Okay. We're, gonna, we're gonna call it kind of like the one I tried. Exactly. Okay. And nice. of course, we're gonna have that Luther Burger on there because yeah. who? I mean, where could you go wrong with that? And if you want to brunch it up, they can always throw an egg on it. Yeah. Kind of thing. Right. All right. So shrimp and grits, that. And then we're doing a, a deep fried French toast. Kind of like the one you have at Flycatcher? Kind of, but different. We're doing this on a nice thick uh, brioche. We're going to uh, dip it a little bit. We go crust it with a little vanilla wafers. Then we go uh, deep fry that baby. Put some caramelized apples on there with some cinnamon uh, cream okay. cheese. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's going to be nice. All right. It's going to be nice. All right, so Scrambled's opening, I believe, July 2nd. Yes, sir. Is the date. And I'm not sure that Brian's going to be there then. Or will you even hear this? Because he is the consulting chef over there. And he has a full-time gig right now at... Riley Marshall's Flycatcher Club, right where I was happy to taste the wings last week. Right on. What you think about it? I think they're delicious. Well, you know, that. it's funny. Let's talk about wings for a minute. Right on. Because in the, I was surprised you didn't mention, and maybe they're not, I thought they were Midwest City. I thought Tez Wings had a spot in Midwest City too. Man, what am I thinking? Hey, they listen, do, don't I'm, they? I'm, right? I'm, I'm getting old, man. My no, it's okay. Not that good. It's okay. But nah, but yeah, de definitely Tez Wings, the guy that that Chicago style, that yeah. sauce. That sauce you guys are pretty good. I mean, they're, they're, they're great without the sauce, so, but they're even better with the sauce. I have a thing know. about food, right? And, right and it's, it's like, here's the thing. At the end of the day, mm -hmm. it's food. Like, right. it's a chicken wing, right? Right. And so the, the ways that we fetishize food, you know, like, where's the best burger? Who has the best this? I'm like, if you ask me where the best burger is in Oklahoma City, I'm going to give you a list of five. And then go right. have you try them. Right. Because right? I don't know how to say that that one's better than that one. Right. Like Chef D, for example, who gotcha. we both know. Chef D's garlic chicken wings. Yeah. I think they're the best things I've tried in chicken wings, but that's me. I like garlic. Right. I like the wings. Right. So I don't understand this sort of obsession with chicken wings because they're chicken wings. Right. And yet they are tasty. I feel the same way, sir. Good. I'm glad I feel you're the same that. way. Maybe it's maybe it's your sort of practical approach to life that I, I mean, appreciate. Yeah, you know, I mean, because you know, and then I live by the the mantra. I mean, you can't please everybody. You can't make everybody happy. No, you can't. not even me. Right. And I'm kind of easy to make happy, but you know, like you say, and then you know, it could be any given day. Yeah. 
It could be any given day. And, somebody might have wings might be better. And palates somebody change. Better. Yeah, exactly. They you do. know, exactly. You know, you might have a bad day and your palate's just off and, and everything yeah. doesn't taste right. No. So at Flycatcher, <laughs> you're doing four kinds plus a rotator? Uh is that right? Sweet yes, Thai chili, yes. salt yes. and pepper. Salt and pepper. We love that salt and pepper. That salt and pepper was so good. We're doing, we're doing a, a Cajun jerk. Right. We're doing a ranch. That's right. And then uh, we're kind of just mixing up, doing different flavors of us outside of those two every week. Just yeah. to switch it up a little bit, give you, give you a little, uh, like I said, a little variety to keep it going. Okay. And so you're getting, you're doing, um, I've seen wings in all sizes these days. Right on. Like I've seen, I went to Wing Supreme, which you recommended. Right on. And it was very good. I very mean, good. honestly. But they're, they, they're, they've they gotten so small, they're having to sell them by weight now. Yeah, they give you about 37 <laughs> for price of six. But hey, they're good wings, though. I don't they're, know. They're some it's good like, they're the size wings. of a pigeon leg. I, some right. of those wings are tiny. They really are. You're right. And it's hard. That's just it's, sourcing. Right, and it's hard. Uh, I guess some people, it's hard because uh, even I had an issue with those uh, when I first started doing the wings over here. So we just started ordering them whole, and we just bust them down. So you break them down yourself? Yeah, yeah we just bust them down. So what do you do with the rest of the chicken? Uh, we, nothing, nothing, gets, uh, nothing gets wasted in this kitchen, sir. Wait, but I didn't know y'all had fried chicken over there. I thought it was just the wings. Not just the wings, but yeah, but yeah. I'm, uh, we you use, do chicken we, sandwich too. Them. I knew that. Yeah, we do a chicken chicken breast, but as far as the wings, we run through them. So okay. when they go, they go. Drumsticks. What do you do week. with the drumsticks? Well, no, I didn't say whole chicken. Whole oh, chicken wings. Oh, whole chicken wings. Gotcha. So yeah. you break off the little piece yes, that no one yeah. cares about right. and separate the drums from the right. flats. Right. Okay. And then that makes we fry off those sense. little pieces too. I love chewing on them little pieces, Do, man. What's on those? Come on. A lot of little flavor. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's because maybe it's because I grew up not wasting, knowing not to waste nothing. I, I, you got to make it all count. I was talking to Travis about that today because my grandma was a depression era grandma. I'm 58, right. right? And so she, when I remember watching her fried chicken in the in her kitchen in Bull Eggs, Oklahoma. And it was a cast iron skillet, you yeah. know? And, of course, she had the Folgers can with bacon fat uh, in the center of the stove like all families did back then. Yeah. But she would take every piece of that chicken. I mean, every bit of it. I've watched people throw away necks and gizzards and all that for my whole life. But she would cook, and she would even take the skin that was left on the side, yeah. and she would fry that and make cracklings Everything. out of it. Everything got cooked. Yeah. She was a Depression-era lady. When she died... We found ten cans under her bed full of rubber bands and paper clips <laughs> and clothes. It's like what? What did you think you were going to need these yeah. for? I have no idea. They'll tell it, man. Absolutely. So yeah, you are pretty good about trying to use as much as possible. Most definitely, most definitely, most definitely. Of course, man. Uh, like I said, and I, and I guess it's just uh, being around certain chefs and just kind of just learning, learning, watching here and there. You, you want to try to make everything count. I'm going to make everything matter because at the end of the day, every dollar counts, especially when you're in business. No, yeah. You know, I mean, you get to waste it too much, you might not have a job. Food costs are – so for diners, there are hidden costs that they never know about. Exactly. Right? And food exactly. costs are one of those. Yeah. They just assume that if they can buy something at Homeland for two seventy nine a pound, right. they don't understand why you're selling it for sixteen ninety nine. Right. But that that's labor and all the other things that go in it, not just the chicken itself, but everything else. Right. As well as your sous chef or whoever yep, the, the essay is. The table is, you're sitting at. The table at, you're sitting at. All the all things. That. That's all in that cost. Yep. And as those costs change, especially post-COVID with all the volatility – then you are your margins have shrunk, and I, I talked to several Nicely. people. I don't know how what you're doing over at Scrambled, and I, I've seen your menu at Flycatcher, and it is decidedly small, which is smart, right? Because you have way less waste, right. and anything that's in a dish should be able to be used somewhere else, exactly. Because that keeps your inventory smaller, and I think when diners go out, they just don't know all that sort of that's happening behind the scenes. Yes, it's definitely a method. It's definitely a method to the madness, because like I say. Uh, you, you don't want to create means, especially in certain restaurants, pubs, whatever it may be. You don't want to create means where it's, where it's too much, where you'll get in a position where 
you have two or three items that are not selling, so they're just sitting around. But so yes, eventually, of course, you lose the money right there. Yeah. So you kind of want to make it uh, make it to a point where it's a simple, where it's a short menu with uh, options where they can appease to different types different types of palettes. Yeah. You know, and not be too costly, but then be, and be good at the same time. Right. And though you don't get confused, because one thing I can't stand is going to a restaurant where it's a thousand things on the menu. I, I, it's like how it's do like I make the cereal decisions? aisle at a grocery store. Right. It's how, like, how do I, I choose do? between all of these things? Right. You know what I and mean? And you can't be that good at that many things. Exactly. You, you can't, just can't You can't be. You can't be. No, I mean, I'm just going to stand on that. I don't no, know. No, you can't. Sure, I look but at, I was going to say that. What yeah. was the um, uh, Cheesecake Factory is the, the great example, right? Mm. That big book of a menu. And it's like. Exactly a book. <laughs> it's what it's like. It's like if there's, if there's more than like front and back right. you know, or two sheets facing, you're probably not getting the best of several of those items on the menu. Right. And I don't know people, because we're so obsessed with choices in America, like choice, choice. It's all the thing. I want a choice. I want to be able yeah. to choose. But sometimes less is more. Most definitely. Yeah. Because a lot of people, and especially nowadays, a lot of people, they don't want to make all those choices. They want to see something that gets straight to the point. Yeah. You know, something of each protein and uh, some a couple of vegan options or whatever it may be where they can get straight to the point and not have to sit here and, and look through 30 yeah. different vegan options. And I, I mean, who wants to do all that? So I don't know if you've done it yet, but I've eaten at like three different tasting menu restaurants, right? Okay. You just you eat. And I didn't know until the first time how freeing that actually is because you sit down and they don't, they just tell you what you're about to get. That's it. That's it. That's it. I, I, some, some of them, you don't even choose the booze. They just bring you a, wine that pairs with the food and sometimes it doesn't sometimes it doesn't but right. it's still booze but it's like we are so sort of i don't know constrained by choices that we forget what it's like to have someone make choices for us in a good way in a good way right and so then everything on the that they're bringing out is like a mystery and an adventure every time and every time and sometimes you love it and sometimes it's fine or sometimes you're like, what the fuck is that yeah but also you you get to just enjoy Right. It's like they're bringing a party to you and you didn't have to put in any work. You know what I mean? All you have to do <laughs> is show like, up and everything. Exactly right. no. yeah, it's, it's a beautiful Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. I'm, 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 thing. Thing. I'm a huge fan of that as long as the food is good. Yeah, man, because uh, me and Kaya, we went to a tasting that um, Sedalia's did with uh, Gusto a couple weeks ago. Oh, that's right. That's Saturday oh, night man. thing. Man, it was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a great meal. That, yeah. that, that uh, menu through the whole night, it was spectacular. Well, Zach Walters plus Catherine Mathis is a pretty badass yeah. combination. Yeah. If, it, there's, if there's a chef in the city that doesn't get the respect she deserves, it's Catherine Mathis. Yeah, that woman that is an job. absolute badass. She's a pizzeria gusto, by the way, and big truck tacos. And you know, I'll see back to her barbecue. Rest in peace. Yes, right. um, but no, Catherine is phenomenal, and yeah. I did I did like that. So anyway, we're talking about wings still. Right on. Um, are we, your choices at um, Flycatcher include that one rotator. Right. So what are you doing with that rotator? Uh. As far as I mean, do, how often do you change it up? Just whenever I, you decide I pretty to. Much, uh, I keep those four base, those four base flavors: the yeah. uh, the jerk, the salt and pepper, the sweet tie. We just switched out. We gonna make that a mainstay. Okay. And uh, the ranch. Right. And uh, of course, and I switch. I come up with two different other sauces every week. Okay, that's what I it is. I switch it out every week. Yeah. Okay, so it's just whatever you're feeling that week. Exactly. Whatever's available, exactly. you go shopping that yep. kind of a thing. Yep. Or whatever, or what else I might have or have around that I can just go ahead and utilize. It's already in the kitchen. That needs to get some use, so we got wasted money. Okay, you know, and just make it make it good for them. And then All right, let's talk about your tater tots at Flycatcher. I have a I have a question. What's that? Well, I went in there two weeks ago. I think it was mm -hmm. you weren't there that night, and uh, the person I was with wanted a large tater tot. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what you meant by large tater tot. Oh yeah. 
That's a basket of tater tots. Yeah, that's what it says. That's like fun. <laughs> it says that, guys. Come on, that it says that on but the menu. I, did, I didn't know tots. it was a smaller basket or no, like, it's no. a whole basket yeah, of tater tots. It's, it's what th- two or three are. Uh, maybe and that feeds five. I have a guy that comes there. He eats it all by <laughs> no, himself. No, he does not. He eats it all by himself. You're. I mean, you're shit. Hey, hey, when you love tater tots, you love tater tots. I love tater tots. Don't get me wrong. Like, if you're going to have like tater tots, and actually the magazine has let me put this in there like three times without even questioning me, I say tater tots, double dash, nature's perfect food, double dash, and they keep (laughs) going. And because they are, like, if you're going to rank fried potatoes, tater tots are number one. Uh, you can argue about it all you want. Killer potatoes can always be number (laughs) one. No, I mean fried fried, like deep fried. Uh, You're right, but you We'll flip a coin on So it. please tell me that at Scrambled, you're not going to have those sad-ass roasted potatoes that too many places are trying to serve now. They, they they dice those potatoes up real chunky, and then they roast them in the oven, and they're just sad. Man, I'm definitely doing that. But no, I'm deep-fried <laughs> mine. Okay, We're deep-fried mine. You know I deep-fry anything. <laughs> they need to have some texture. You know, that's you gotta, my thing. You know, I deep-fry a piece so, of paper if yeah, I can get a flavor. Speaking of which, before we're done, let's talk about the French toast okay. at both places. You right told on. me about it at Scramble. Right Flycatcher, though, you're doing something nobody else has I've right, ever seen. Yeah, do. we have that cornbread French toast. Tell it's, me about it's, that. It's special, man. Uh, I, was, uh, I came up with this maybe a couple years ago. And uh, I was at the house. Uh, I don't know what I was thinking, but it sounded like a good thing to do. And I put it together, and it tasted like heaven on a plate. And I was like, man, you know what? One day, one day we're going to get that thing. We're going to let that come on out in the light. And uh, so when Riley and them had let me come over here and gave me the opportunity to create the menu, and uh, especially create this brunch menu, I figured I'd do something a little funky. Yeah. And so we threw that cornbread French toast on there. And, man, uh, I don't think you can ask for more. You All know, right. subtle, nice flavor, not too yeah. sweet. When you told me what it was, I was like, in my head, I was like, there's no way this is going to be good. Yeah. And it's mind-blowing how well, delicious it is. That. No, seriously. It is, it is tremendous. So, and you know, if, if for some, you know, for some, you know, they might, some, a few people, you know, they kind of came in like, oh, well, I don't know, I don't know. And like, just go ahead and try it out. And, you know, we definitely made a believer out of, you yeah. know. But like I say, um, it's not for everybody, but, you know, I think it's beautiful. Yeah. And I love it. Okay. And I think it, and I yeah. and I highly recommend going to try it at either location. Uh, I think by the time they hear this, it'll be close to opening for Scrambled. Right. And Flycatcher's got it every Saturday. Y'all, right. Are y'all doing Sundays? Saturday and Sunday. Saturday and Sunday yep, brunch. Eleven to two o'clock. Yeah, eleven to two. And you need to try both of those French toasts for sure. Uh, and I'm looking forward to Scrambled. So I hope that works out really well. Yeah. Uh, people will drive for a brunch place. They yeah, will. I, I think it's going to be a beautiful love story with this uh, place, man. Uh, I think just just uh, coming in, I think they've done a magnificent job at their place. I think they've put a lot of love, a lot of. Uh, Dude, I saw the space; it's beautiful. Man, it's it's beautiful. And those cocktails are delicious. It's, man, they're over, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I get I get a gimlet every day. I'm over there now. <laughs> after yeah. work, he meant after work. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get a gimlet after, after work. work every day. Every day. <laughs> Every day, guys. Nobody drinks in the kitchen. Nobody no knows drinking that. Nobody, in the kitchen. Everybody knows nobody drinks in the no kitchen. No drinking in the kitchen. All right. So, anything else going on with you? You got the consulting there, and you got the regular gig. Anything else we need to know? Uh, right that- now, uh, we got that going on. Uh, me, me, and uh, a guy which I won't name right now. We've okay. been sitting down and we talking about. Uh, we're gonna probably start talking about doing some dinners. You know, I kind of, I kind of want to get in the groove, follow the trend of everyone else too, right? The pop ups. Yeah, why not? It's the way to go. Why not? Why not? Because everybody there's some beautiful food out here, some great food. Not, Dude, why not be a part of it? No, I think you would be excellent at it. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. looking, so then when that happens, you let me know. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Yeah, that's that's gonna probably be the next move. And then other than that, I'm just gonna keep, like we say, pushing the line and keep on gradually trying to keep getting better. All right. 
well, Brian Wilson, Chef Brian Wilson, Flycatcher Club, a little bit of work over at uh, Scrambled too. Uh, be sure to check him out. You can follow him on Instagram at Chef Red two nine seven. That's two D's, by the way. Two D's. And for we a didn't talk dose. about why he's Chef Red, but I think I know. Uh, <laughs> I learned a lot in prison. A lot of things that you don't know that you need to know. But That's then right. When you learn them, you're like, oh, now I, now I know that. It makes all the sense. It in makes the world. so much sense. Of, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so anyway, thank you for being here. So much appreciated. Appreciate you for the, those of you out there, thanks for listening. Uh, you can find me at hyperpandaok.com. We'll have all the lists out there and everything else, as well as links to past podcasts and the future ones as well. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.